Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So there was a lot of references on this week's episode of WWE Raw about other WWE superstars who have recently been released. I thought this was a little bit of bad taste and that's why I'm not going to mention it again, but I wanted to mention it here because now it's out the way, it's in your ears and you can do whatever the hell you want to do with that. But yes, hello, my name is Simon Miller here at What Culture Wrestling and we have decided why don't we go through the most recent episode of Monday Night Raw and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down or just tell you what you should go and watch and what you should absolutely avoid if you have decided to watch me instead of WWE programming, which I do appreciate. Take the finger of power, give the good bits an up, the bad bits are down. Seth Rollins was out here to start Raw and he got a microphone and said, well, I am in a tremendous mood because at the day one pay-per-view, I shall be facing Big E for the WWE title. Now, usually at this stage, I would have a meltdown because I'm like, oh my gosh, why are people just allowed to come out and say, can I have a title shot, please? And someone goes, of course you can, I love you. But thankfully, Seth did win that number one contender match a few weeks ago. This all made sense. As soon as he had got this out of his mouth too, mostly so we could show off the fancy new graphic, Finn Balor's music hit, and he didn't come out to have a chat. He didn't come out to have a promo off. He just died to kick Seth Rollins' ass, which I always appreciated, because remember last week, Seth had done the same for him. What was he gonna do, come out and do a lockup? That'd be stupid. Balor also used the still steps, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and he grabbed Seth, and he threw him into the barricade. And I'm sorry, I am getting very upset and very worried about Mr. Barricade. That's right, I've given him a name because this is not his job and nobody ever even tries to protect him. This also led into Seth Rollins and Finn Balor that we were meant to get last week, but we were getting this week instead. And honestly, they could fight every single day of the week and I would go out of my way to watch it. Like some weird 24 seven channel where it's just Seth versus Finn. It's never gonna get it down. Honestly, they'd have to, I don't know, sit down and play checkers, but even then, I bet they'd find a way to build a story around it. Yeah, no. However, there are some issues. Firstly, I only got eight minutes, and given that if you were given these two 15 plus, they probably could have had a match of the year, that does make you feel a bit sad in your tum-tum. But also, when it comes to Finn Balor, 
Well, he is losing an awful lot lately, as he did here. I mean, we're still not really up to speed about what the hell happened when he was taken on Roman Reigns and the rope just broke. And while he did lose here, mostly because Seth Rollins just poked him in the eye and somewhere Rey Mysterio was freaking out, he then did get curb stomped and he got pinned for the one, two, three. And I get it, Rollins is the man right now and he's doing such a terrific job and more power to him. But why does that mean Balor has to feel like an afterthought? I mean, Finn Balor being an afterthought, it is absolutely crazy. So we shall have to wait and see. And again, definitely go and watch this match. But with all the things that just came out of my mouth, you've got to give it a down. Cause yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Imagine having Finn Balor on your books you don't really know what to do with him. It also seems like Vince McMahon is back on WWE TV proper. I mean, he was hanging out with Austin Theory here, probably because of his name, and he said, hey, Austin, would you like to watch the entirety of Monday Night Raw with me? And Austin Theory said, no, I don't want to do that. It's a really weird show. I'm not interested. <laughs> of course he didn't. He sat down and he joined the boss. My man also threw in the line, though, if you steal from me again, I will kill you. So firstly, that's not very PG, but also, man, I wouldn't want to hang out with Vinnie Mac if he was like this. Last week, he was like, oh, Austin Theory, you're so good. I love you so much. And now he's like, man, I'm going to stab you right in the face. I'm sorry, I can't deal with that kind of stress. I will say that this does not hurt Austin Theory at all, especially because there were multiple segments throughout the evening. I mean, it just stands to reason, even in 2021, if you are paired up with Vince McMahon, it's going to help your stock rise a little. Then we had a contract signing because of course we did. You know the deal. If WWE doesn't do at least one contract signing within like a few weeks, we all die. So as a member of the human race, I just want to say thank you, WWE. I don't want to die. It was for the Raw Women's Championship as well, because next week we are going to have Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. And this was basically Becky saying, Oi, Liv, next week you better give me more than a punch because that's not going to be enough to knock me out. Because, of course, last week Liv Morgan had punched Becky Lynch in the face. I mean, you do with that whatever you feel like you need to do with it. Lynch then tried to tell the crowd that they sucked, which is the equivalent of your nan telling you she doesn't love you anymore. Deep down, you know that's not the case, especially when she goes and makes you a tremendous dinner. When Liv Morgan said, shut up, Becky Lynch. I want to show you this video. And it was from Post Survivor Series where Becky Lynch was getting very emotional about her friendship, non-friendship with Charlotte Flair and even talked about that when they used to ride together, they almost died in a car crash. So yes, Becky was clearly very emotional. She was almost crying, but any normal human being would have gone, well, I probably would have been like that too. That sounds like a horrible thing to go through. Morgan then used this as proof that Becky is also an emotional wreck. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Liv, this is not the hill to die on. This is a really bad idea. You're coming across like a dick. Becky then also fired back by saying, well, you would know nothing about that because you've never had a big win. If I was scoring this, I would have gone Becky Lynch one, Liv Morgan nil. So what a stupid way to treat a babyface. Lynch then asked Sonya Deville, who was also in the ring for a 10 person tag match later. And Sonya just went, yeah, okay. And that was the end of that. And look, this was well done to a point, but WWE's insistence that Becky Lynch has to be a heel just isn't working. And here we got the roles completely the wrong way around because when all was said and done, I wanted Becky Lynch to kick Liv Morgan's ass because I didn't agree with the things that she had said. So it was silly. It was just really, really silly. And while nine times out of 10, the silliness I appreciate, this was not the right kind of silly. 
down. More nonsense with Randy Orton and Riddle after this, and you already know the deal. They have wonderful chemistry, and they're probably the highlight of Raw. It's mostly the same as ever, too, with Riddle being like, man, Randy Orton, I just want to be like you, and Randy being like, stop being an absolute goof and focus on the tag team championships. But because he does like Riddle just a little bit, when Riddle said, oh, Randy, will you close your eyes? He did. My word, did he regret it. Because what Riddle wanted to do was take a Matt Riddle-like wig and put it on Randy Orton's head. When he opened his eyes again and he realized what had gone on, I honestly thought the Viper was about to spontaneously combust. And he told his friend, kind of friend, not friend, take that off my head right now. This whole thing and this whole partnership has been lovely though. And when they actually do split up, it will actually mean something. And they say long-term storytelling is dead. Up. It was then RK Bro versus Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. And I can only presume that if WWE doesn't do this match all of the time, the gates of hell open. I mean, is it this match that is keeping them closed? And for goodness sake, WWE, would you please introduce some new tag teams into your new tag team division? Either way, up. They were fighting on the outside to begin with because it was serious time 9000 because the tag team titles were on the line. And by the time Riddle tagged in there, he was giving everybody draping DDTs because again, he's obsessed with Randy Orton and kind of wants to be him. Orton was also looking on like a proud dad here. So he said, Riddle, my boy, let's go for a double RKO. But then Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode was like, well, no, we don't want that to happen. So Ziggle Boy Blue was able to hit Randy Orton with the zigzag and he got a close one, two, three. Sadly though, for Dolphy Boy Blue, this then went completely bad because he went for the super kick. He missed. Randy Orton hit with the RKO. He got the three. Still your tag team champion. This was really fun though. All four guys are so talented. The fans liked it. So did I. But again, not to double down on this point, we just need to have some brand new tag team matches because every week it's exactly the same. Kevin Owens then found Seth Rollins and told him, listen here, old chap, if I beat Big E in tonight's main event, I'm going to be added to your match at the day one pay-per-view. Understandably, Seth Rollins freaked out, so Kevin Owens told him to go talk to Adam Pearce. So he did. As it turned out, Kevin Owens was lying because Adam was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But when Sonya Deville overheard this, she was like, that sounds like a terrific idea. And I'm sorry, these two are meant to be the general managers of Raw. And you're telling me you hadn't come up with a plan that if Kevin Owens beats the WWE champion, he shouldn't be allowed a WWE championship match. I agree with Vince McMahon. They ain't doing a very good job. Edge was then back on Raw. And of course he was awesome. But I tell you, you could have sat down there and made guesses for days. and You would never have picked who he's now going to feud with. This was teased by Edge as well, because he was all like, man, I'm a kid in a candy store. Because maybe I'll have a match with Finn Balor. Maybe I'll have a match with AJ Styles. Maybe I'll have a match with Big E. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm a kid in a candy store. Because I really want these. And then he got interrupted by the returning Miz. He's now back with Maurice too, because why the hell not? And he was really mad because while Ed's got the big PR treatment for his comeback, nobody had said a peep about him. He was also pissed that Edge hadn't mentioned him on this list that he had just read out, which I kind of understand. Because look, I like Miz. I think he's had a terrific career, but I've seen Edge versus the Miz back in the day. And I want to see it in 2021. Edge then knocked him for not being able to win a stupid dance competition like Dancing with the Stars. And the Miz was all like, oh man, I hate the fans for not voting for me. And then we got a baseball bat and we went inside baseball. 
not a lightsaber. It started when Edge said he knew what Miz was doing, because if he comes to tangle with Edge, all of a sudden he'll be in the main event, to which Miz said, I don't need you to be in the main event. The last time I main evented WrestleMania, do you know where you were on the card? It was the opening match. Even though at that point, Edge was the World Heavyweight Champion. Also, that was 10 years ago, but hey, let's not stand in the way of a good war. This then led to Edge saying, hey, I know you've had a great career, Miz, right down to the point that people on other shows even use your names for cheap heat. And yes, he was referring to everything with MJF and CM Punk from last week on Dynamite. He also believes that Miz is just using professional wrestling now as a jumping off point to whatever he wants to do next in his career, whereas Edge himself is Mr. Wrestling. I mean, he didn't say that, but that was his point. It then seemed like they were going to have a big fight because that's what we do in professional wrestling, where, of course, Miz bailed. And I actually think this will be okay, especially if we keep doing those promo-offs. And there's every chance it may just be a small feud. But I really wanted AJ Styles versus Edge. And then we teased it and we stole it away. It'd be like Domino's knocking on my door and saying, Simon, we're going to give you free pizza for the next two minutes. And I already had some pizza. Still, I am going to give it an up because you can't argue that it wasn't very well put together. And Edge is really good at the old promos. It was just tinged with a hint of disappointment. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And then AJ Styles won the night. This guy. Because he was being interviewed alongside Omos and he was wearing sunglasses because he was claiming that he was now blind given that last week the Street Profits took a fire extinguisher and sprayed it right into his face. Now this was dumb. It was really, really dumb. But AJ was clearly having so much fun with it and he was acting like such a goof. I cannot lie to you. I must be honest. I really enjoyed it. I mean, there was a time where guys like AJ Styles and even Brian Danielson were accused by some fans of never being able to do skits like this because they're all about the wrestling. And I'm sorry, over the last few years, my word, have they proved that wrong. It also led to the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. And while it was very short, I still did enjoy this because AJ Styles was on commentary once again going, man, I can't see anything. And also anything with Chad Gable in these days is just an absolute delight. 
did have a little bit of a silly finish because even though Styles was blind, he decided he would try to interfere and Montez Ford just pushed him away. He hit the big splash and the Street Profits won. And afterwards too, Omos was kind of looking at AJ Styles like, man, you an absolute piece of trash. So I think we may be teasing the breakup here, which I'm all for. Then we can do AJ Styles versus... Seth Rollins then turned into a child. Because he found Kevin Owens in the backstage area and he said, I have talked to Adam Pearce and I know that you are a liar, liar, pants on fire. And kind of weirdly, KO just exploded into flames. That bit that. Not sure anybody else could have gotten away with that, but Seth Rollins is on a tear right now and he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And KO was still like, bruh, I'm not lying, man. All of that stuff I said was true. So Seth Rollins just walked off. This is a little bit weird. Damien Priest then defeated Apollo Crews to retain the US title. And if you can believe it, something about this was just a little bit off. Huh. It was obviously filled with distractions from Commander Assis to the point eventually the ref went, man, you're just doing my nothing. Will you go to the back? And this is when Damien Priest turned into the Damien or whatever we call him and he lost his mind. He went all Jekyll and Hyde. He hit the reckoning and he got the one, two, three. And this wasn't bad at all, like it really wasn't. But given the championship was on the line, I was just like, why hasn't this feud been given any time? Like Apollo Crews came out once and said, I want a title shot, but not now. Then he came out again and said, I want a title shot, but not now. And then from nowhere, we were just having the title shot. It got eight minutes and we drew a line under it. And that was that. It just feels like there is so much more we could tap into here, but we just don't do it. Which is the same as Shinsuke Nakamura over on SmackDown with the Intercontinental title. Like he doesn't even get to have feuds. He's had that championship for ages and he never defends it. So it's nobody's fault, but the booking just feels so weak and a little bit lame. This time I just sat there all sad, like raindrops are falling on my head, which is not true because my roof is absolutely fine. But the point is, it's got to get it down. I just think we could have done so much more. Rollins was then seen going back to Pearson Deville being like, can you please tell me what is going on? And then Adam and Sonya went, well, actually, we've now thought about it. And we do think it's a good idea. So yes, Kevin Owens will be added to your match if he does defeat Biggie later. So we're meant to think that Kevin Owens has kind of wangled his way into position, which also ties into the main event. So actually, as a show long storyline, it was very well done. I'm also now convinced we have done this because Seth Rollins is going to become the WWE champion. So mark my words, you heard it here first. Because he can now pin Kevin Owens and Big E can be like, oh my gosh, I'm no longer the champion, even though I didn't lost. And that is a dumb finish, but I just want to get out there now. So I made my prediction early. Ray and Dominic Mysterio then defeated Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And I don't really know what this was. For one, it's never been explained why Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander got back together. And this went three minutes. Daddy and son hit a double 619. Then Dominic hit a splash and he got the one, two, three. So there was nothing bad about it, but the good is that when Rey Mysterio was in there, he was so fast, he was so quick, he was so smooth, especially for a dude in his late 40s, I decided to give him up, just for Rey Mysterio. The man is probably one of the best wrestlers ever, and we don't give him enough respect, so I'm gonna give him the respect right here, right now. I mean, yes, mostly this was WWE going, man, we better give Rey and Dominic a win, because they have lost a lot. So hopefully soon we can do the same with Shelton and Cedric. It was then this 10 women tag, which I do believe was Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, and Dana Brooke, taking on Becky Lynch, Lila Vega, Carmella, Dewdrop, and Tamina. Wait a minute, breaking news, there's nobody meter. Now I'm not sure why Lynch would agree to team with any of these guys and vice versa. And it was mostly okay, but 
I don't know. It was kind of just there. They went a little bit long given that there was no story to this. But I will give it an up. But again, it was a very weak up. Belair almost beat Tamina, nobody mean her instantly when she hit the KOD, basically as soon as the bell had gone. But the rest of the teammates pulled Tamina, nobody mean her out of there. But this tied into a spot later where the bad guys all surrounded Rhea Ripley and started beating her up while the good guys who were on the apron just watched. And I became full wrestling nerd here. I was shouting at my TV, why don't you get in and do something? You don't have to obey the rules in this kind of a scenario. Like imagine you saw your mum getting a kicking and all you had as a weapon was a baseball bat. You wouldn't go, well, no, this is supposed to be used for a sport. I can't go use it as a whacking stick. You take that damn thing and you get to whacking down. There's also this weird bit where Nikki Ash clearly could have made a tag, but she didn't, I guess, because there was some communication. But eventually she made the hot tag to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley ran wild. And then the tag klaxon went off, ha, and everybody was hitting their big moves. And that included a glam slam from Bianca Belair to Tamina. That's right, there's nobody meaner. And I actually said out loud, that was amazing. Why isn't Bianca Belair the champion right now? And I didn't have an answer. Mostly because I said it to no one, but I hoped that somebody was just going to burst in and give me some justification. In true wrestling fashion, this also led to the near falls, including Tamina hitting a super kick on Liv Morgan for the one, two, ah, oh, she kicked out. And I think it must have annoyed Liv because she hit the oblivion onto Tamina. She got the one, two, three and the victory, which of course means next week she will lose to Becky Lynch. The real big question, though, is that given that Dana Brooke is now the 24-7 champion, why did nobody run out in this 15 minutes to try and take the championship off her? I mean, we can't even get that right. Vince McMahon and Austin Theory were then in the back once again where McMahon was trying to explain the art of surprise to Austin. So I suppose they are an item now. I don't mean like they were in love, but they just hanging out like father and son. I don't know, you tell me. And then we were told that Veer is still coming to Raw. That's right, he's still coming. It's been like three months now. And why somebody isn't searching for this poor man, I don't know. Because clearly he has been abandoned, but he keeps sending in these videos because, you know, he doesn't want to lose his relatability. Where is he? Where's, where's, where's Veer? Imagine I said, I'm coming around your house and three months later I wasn't there. I would hope you'd be a little bit concerned. Big E promo was next and the man is just so good. As always, I love him. Because Kevin Patrick asked him if the Kevin Owens stipulation was going to affect him later on. And Big E just went, nope. And he walked off. <laughs> Round of applause. He then returned and said the point of all of this is that he doesn't fear any Kevins. And then he looked at Kevin Patrick like, man, don't you make a move on me. Because I will drop you. And I just think he is a fabulous WWE champion. Like, I actually want him to do well. I tell you, in the past, it certainly hasn't been that way. But then quickly snapped back to Austin Theory and Vince McMahon, where for some reason Vince said, hey, Austin, have you learned everything I've taught you today? And Austin went, yeah, I think so. So McMahon went and just slapped him right round the face. I don't know, it makes no sense, but again, just being associated with Vince McMahon is a good thing. Like, you don't want to emasculate the guy too much, but he's a brand new star on Raw, and this is what they're doing with him? Compare it to somebody like Karrion Cross. all of this was fine. It was then our usual Raw main event madness, but this one was a little bit more infuriating than usual. Because even though they had a wacky finish, it was a wacky finish that made all the sense in the world, but sadly was affected because WWE does wacky finishes every single week. 
Because this whole match was essentially one big Kevin Owens plan as he tried to sneak his way into that main event. Because while he was beating up Big E here and there, given that Seth Rollins was on commentary, he kept walking up to Seth and prodding the bear. Because he was like, if you attack me, I will win this match via disqualification. So please do attack me because I just want to win. There was also some awesome stuff going back on in the ring because Big E went for his spear, but Kevin Owens cut him off with a knee. So Big E was then going for the STO, but Kevin Owens would hit the pop-up powerbomb. This was true proper wrestling tennis, and I was feeling pretty good about it. Owens then decided he was going to go to the top rope and probably do something stupid, but he changed his mind because he was like, man, I've hit Big E with a lot of moves, but none of it's worked. Maybe I should go back to plan B and just go wind up Seth again. But this time it did work. Rollins lost his call. He attacked Kevin Owens. That meant the ref had to call for the DQ. Kevin Owens is your winner and is now going to the main event at the day one pay-per-view. Seth also gave Big E the stomp after this because he was so mad at himself. But honestly, what a great way to get to a disqualification because you can go, I totally understand why Kevin Owens did do that. And that's why I'm giving it an up. However, we do have to pull down the board. DQs still roll up to 66. And imagine if that number was 10. We'd only had 10 DQs the entire 2021. This would have been a really good way to end Raw. And it's why it boils my blood so much. I mean, it doesn't. I'm exaggerating for effect, but it is really dumbed down. Owens also made sure that he laughed his ass off after this. And honestly, even AJ Styles could have seen this coming and he's blind now. And I will say this was a much better roar than last week. Like it's still filled with absolute shenanigans. Kevin Owens, Big E and Seth Rollins are just holding the whole ship together now. That's why overall, the tension here is getting up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.